You're listening to the Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit MarathonChurch.org. We hope that this encourages you and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. Hey, good morning. So my name is Craig, not Greg. So any resemblance to me uh, with Greg there? Purely coincidental. I don't think I've ever Twitteringed before. I've tweeted before, but I don't think I've ever Twittered before. Hey, we're so glad you guys are here today, and we're honored that you're here. If you're joining us online, we're honored that you've given us an hour of your week, and uh, we're going to look at the Word today and have a good time. Uh, We're wrapping up this series today called Me and My Big Mouth, and if I could just put a motto on my life, that could be the motto of my life, Me and My Big Mouth. I mean, virtually every time that I've had a confrontation, virtually every time that I've been been in trouble in my life, it's because of me and my big mouth. And so far, we've heard three incredible messages as Eddie has brought us the words of James and the words of Paul. And uh, Eddie started the series by encouraging us to be quick to listen and slow to speak. And I, I would just love for you guys to say that with me a couple times today. Even if you're watching online, just go ahead and say it where, wherever you are at home or whatever. Can we say that together? Quick to listen, slow to speak. One more time. Quick to listen and slow to speak. He also said that we have this desire to be right and that that makes us poor listeners. We can't be quick to listen because we want to be right. He said that we can write the people that we love right out of our life. He said that we need to seek to understand before we're understood, quick to listen, slow to speak. And then he moved on to the tongue and he talked about how destructive our words can be. And he talked about how the tongue cannot be tamed. Like you never conquer it. You never get to the place where you have it under control. And he said a little spark. The tongue is like a little spark that can set an entire forest on fire. And he said, and all of us are born with our pilot light lit. I was born with my pilot light lit. I can blow it up in a heartbeat. And Eddie said that we have to remember that we're powerful. And then we have to surrender, give our tongue to God, and then confess or own the fires that we start. And then last week, Eddie took it up even another notch when he talked about letting no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Instead, our words should be used to build others up. And Eddie said that we can't be builders because we're bitter. Eddie Eddie said that we we can't be builders because we're bitter. And he said you have to get rid of all bitterness in your life. And he said that bitterness comes from the words that have been spoken to us over and over. He said you have to get rid of all bitterness. And and Jesus said that what we say flows from our heart. And and Eddie said we we have bitterness. That's why we can't be builders. And he said forgiveness is to give someone from the past what they don't deserve so we can give those around us what they do deserve. This has been some tough stuff. Uh, This has been a difficult series for me because this this is so me. This is me. And, And here's the difficult thing about our words. There are times when we have to say difficult things. 
And so I want to wrap this up today by talking about the truth. I want to talk about how we speak the truth in love. And I hope to give you some handles, some tools for your life today. Even if you don't consider yourself a religious person or a follower of Jesus, I think the principles that we're going to talk about today will make your life better and make you better at life. Now, I know this for sure. Jesus always knew the right thing to do. And Jesus encountered conflict. And sometimes Jesus avoided conflict. And sometimes Jesus resolved conflict. And sometimes Jesus created conflict. And you can count on this. We are going to encounter conflict in our lives. And in our lives, all three responses will be appropriate at times. Sometimes you need to avoid conflict. Sometimes you need to resolve conflict. And sometimes you need to create conflict. And, and here's where we may get off track. We erroneously believe that keeping the peace means avoid, avoiding conflict at all costs. We, we think that keeping the peace means hiding my hurts, hiding my feelings, repressing the truth, ignoring the problems, pretending that everything is just fine. So listen, we're trying to build communities that love Jesus and love people. And sometimes in a relationship, sometimes in a community, sometimes the loving thing to do will involve conflict. But, but we think that loving others means avoiding conflict at all costs. But the truth is that causes more problems. So in our Bible, we have this entire collection of wise sayings. It's called the book of Proverbs. I'm going to look at quite a few Proverbs today. And, and it's just that. It's just a collection of wise sayings. And so see this in Proverbs. People who wink at wrong cause trouble, but a bold reproof promotes peace. Now listen, all of us believe in theory that honesty is the best policy. We believe it in theory. However, there are times when we don't think honesty is such a good idea. And we hold back the truth because we're afraid of the consequences of speaking the truth. We're afraid of hurting people. We're afraid that people will get mad at us. We're afraid of confrontation and arguments and blow-ups. And here's the thing. Love is not always easy. And truth is not always easy. And love is not always fun. And truth is not always fun. Real love, real love requires courage. Love is sometimes tough. Sometimes love includes confrontation. Truth will always play a vital role in every relationship. So when it, when it comes to honoring God and honoring others, truth will play a significant role. And if we're going to build communities that love Jesus and love people, truth will be a determining factor. Now, we have two great examples for us in Scripture. First of all, Jesus is always the perfect example of how you balance truth and love. This guy named John, who walked every step with Jesus during his ministry here on earth, during his uh, public ministry here on earth, and was an eyewitness to everything that Jesus uh, said and did, he, he, said Jesus said, he said that Jesus was full of grace and truth, that Jesus wasn't trying to balance 
grace and truth, but he was, he was full to the brim with both grace and truth. So whenever Jesus comes with the truth, you can be certain that it's fully motivated by love and by grace. The other great example that we have is a guy named Paul. Paul was a guy that lived in the first century and Paul had been con- commissioned and was doing everything that he could to imprison, torture, and kill Jesus' followers. But then he came face to face with the resurrected Jesus and everything changed for him. And Paul got on a mission to establish communities, churches that love Jesus and love people. And Paul would go to different cities and start churches and then he would move on. But then later on, he would write letters back to these churches to encourage them or to correct them. And Paul would be brutally honest in these letters. He, he didn't pull any punches because he always had their best interest at heart. And Paul tackles their issues head on, but he, he does it with love. There was a church in a city called Corinth and they were really jacked up. They were getting a lot of things wrong. So he wrote a scathing letter to them to try to get them back on track. In fact, they were so jacked up that he had to write a second letter. That's why there's a first and second Corinthians in your Bible. And in these two letters, Paul gives us an example and the tools that we need to lovingly bring truth to our relationships and our communities. In chapter 13 of his first letter, he writes to them about how love must be the determining factor in our lives. And he goes so far to say that it doesn't matter what he accomplishes. If love is absent, it's futile. He says that faith Hope and love are the greatest attributes, and the greatest of those is love. And he says this, it, love, does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love rejoices when the truth wins out. You you cannot separate love and truth. You cannot separate truth and love. They go together. In another letter that he wrote to a, city, to a church in a city called Ephesus, he encouraged them this way. He, he says, when we're growing in our faith journey, when we're growing toward maturity in our faith, we will not be easily distracted from the truth. He says, but instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. I just want to pause here for a second because we need to understand what he's saying. He's saying if you're not able to speak the truth in love, then you're not growing in your faith in Christ. That, that hits home with me. It's a determining factor in my faith journey. Part of growing in Christ is learning to speak the truth in love. And, and the, more, the better we get at speaking the truth in love, the more like Jesus we become. And l- listen, here's the thing. This is tough stuff. This this is tough stuff. Many of us are not good at this. I am not good at this. And, And here's the problem. We're not taught to live this way. We we've not been given these skills. What happens in our culture is we discover the truth and instead of talking to the loved one about the truth, we go and talk to this person about their truth. That's what our culture does. We haven't been, giving, been given these tools. We, we haven't been taught to live this way. Some, some of us avoid the truth 
in order to avoid the consequences, and that's not love. And, and some of us just blow people up with the truth. That's not love either. So, I mean, sometimes we're going to say, hey, me and my big mouth, I can't believe I said that. But sometimes we say, man, I wish I would have said something. And so here's the real question. How do you speak with others with a loving attitude? How, how do you do it? How do you do that? If you want to love other people, if you want to help other people, sometimes you're going to have to say something that they don't want to hear, but they need to hear. And so in love, you share it. So Paul shows us the way. And again, th this is very practical today. This, this is some truth with handles for your life. Before you confront somebody in love, you have to check your motives. Check your motivation. To confront with love, we must have pure motives. Why do I need to speak with them about this issue? Why do I want to confront them with this truth? The truth is there's a lot of bad motives. You might want a confrontation because you're jealous. You might want a confrontation because you're irritated. You might want to confront them to get even. You might want to feel spiritually superior. Here's one of the biggest motivational fails. We want to point out in them the weakness that we hate in ourselves. Because when you're a gossip, you can recognize the gossip immediately. When you're prideful, you can spot ego and point it out in a heartbeat. If you tend to be lazy, you'll notice laziness. We, we tend to criticize in others what we see in ourselves. Now, this is something that Jesus addressed directly. These are some of the most well-known and misused words of Jesus from his most famous sermon. This is what he said. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a big log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in, in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye, and then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. How's that for good advice? Make sure you're not doing the same thing. Before you confront somebody in love, make sure that you're not doing the same thing. And let, let me clear this up for you. Jesus is not saying that, we, that we're not supposed to judge each other. He's saying we are supposed to judge each other. He says we are supposed to help our brother or sister in Christ with the speck in their eye. Just make sure you don't have the same log sticking out of your own eye. And by the way, we're never commanded, we're never asked to judge the world. Jesus gives us permission to love one another and to judge one another in loving communities. Have the right motive. Make sure you're not doing the same thing. Listen, you don't have to be perfect to confront with love. You don't have to have it all together to confront with love. But you might want to be sure that you're not guilty of the very same thing before you confront in love. Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Yes, Jesus said that, but it doesn't mean that you ignore the problems in your friend's or your loved one's life. 
He's not saying you can't make, ju- make judgments. In fact, sometimes the most loving thing you can do is make a judgment and then help somebody with the speck in their eye. He's talking about attitude. He's talking about motive. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't, don't condemn somebody for doing the very thing that you're doing. Don't hold yourself above others. Don't come down on people. Sweep around your own back porch first. What is your motivation for confronting in love? Well, here's the correct motive. The correct motive is to help, not hurt. You speak the truth in love to help, not hurt. Here's an example of how Paul did it in that second letter he wrote. He said, perhaps you think we're saying these things just to defend ourselves. No, we tell you this as Christ's servants and with God as our witness. Everything we do, dear friends, is to strengthen you. We want to help you. We want to strengthen you. Back to Proverbs. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Now, maybe, maybe we kind of got the cart before the horse here. We must ask a vital question before we really talk about motivation. And that is this, who do you confront? Who should you confront in love? Only people you care about. If you don't care about them, if you don't care about helping them, don't go making yourself the spiritual police and pointing out error in their life. But if you've proven your love to them, you have a right to point out what is best for them. You only confront people that you love. And by the way, if you never confront somebody, you'll never be close to anybody. Closeness, intimacy comes from conflict and confrontation and loving resolution. That's how you go deep. If you wanna keep your relationship shallow, then never confront, never care enough to, to confront. But if you want a deep connection with another person, confront with love. You only confront people you want to be close to. We must have pure motives before we can speak the truth in love. A- am I doing it for the right reason? Do I want to help and not hurt? Is this about me or is this about them? Is this about me unloading? Is this about me venting? Is this really about them? Before you confront in love, you must check your motives and then you must plan your presentation. Eddie told us when he talked about being quick to listen and slow to speak, he said, that's that's not when you think about what you're going to say. You're just listening. Just be an active listener. But when you go to confront somebody in love, then you need to plan what you're going to say. Plan your presentation. You have to think about what you're going to say. You have to think it through. Proverbs says this, from a wise mind comes wise speech. The words of the wise are persuasive. Persuasive speech is thought out in advance. When Paul had to confront his friends at this church, he thought things through. He said, I wrote that letter in great anguish with a troubled heart and many tears. I didn't want to grieve you, but I wanted to let you know how much love I have for you. Paul anguished over his words. 
He shed tears over his words. He wasn't impulsive. He didn't sit down and blast off an an email. He, He didn't fire off a text in the heat of the moment. Paul agonized and wept over his words. That's how much he loved them. That's how much he cared. He planned what he would say. So when you plan a, a loving confrontation with your husband, your wife, a son, a daughter, a parent, a friend, a coworker, that relative that gets on your last, you need to plan three things. First of all, plan when you will say it. Thanksgiving dinner ain't the place, y'all. Listen, timing is everything. Wisdom, even criticism, delivered at the right time and the right way will be received. Again, Proverbs says, timely advice is lovely, like golden apples in a silver basket. If you have something difficult to say, bring it up at the right time. Don't bring it up when they're tired. Don't bring it up when they're hungry. Don't bring it up when they're in a hurry. Don't bring it up when they're under, under pressure. Plan when you will say it, and then plan what you will say. It needs to be said, but you have to say it the right way. Again, in Proverbs, it says, to one who listens, valid criticism is like a gold earring or other gold jewelry. Everybody likes some bling, y'all. The right timing and the right words may allow them to receive it. One of the things that you have to think about is how you're going to bring it up. Like, how do I even, you know, bring this up? How, how, do, how do I introduce this subject? And, and listen, just a little advice from my personal life. Sarcasm has no place in this. And this is so hard for me. It's so hard for me. Sarcasm is my love language. Without question. Almost every time I say something, it's sarcastic. Uh, one of the, the gals here um, said, man, I, I re- really like listening to you teach, but I never know when you're jer- joking or not. If, if you think I'm joking, I am. If you think it might be a joke, it is. It's sarcastic. That's what, it's just what I do. You can't bring sarcasm into this kind of conversation. Sarcasm stings. I have to work so hard at this. Timing is important. The words you choose are important. Again, in Proverbs, some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. If you approach it thoughtlessly, you're going to hurt them. You plan when you're going to say it, you plan what you're going to say, and then you plan how you're going to say it. And just here's three quick tips. Say it tactfully, lovingly, and gently. It's that simple, but you have to have a plan. Another proverb, the wise are known for their understanding and pleasant words are persuasive. Paul, in another letter that he wrote, said it this way, dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. You have to gently and humbly have this conversation. Plan what you're going to say. Plan to be tactful, loving, and gentle. If you're going to have one of these tough conversations, you have to check your motive and plan your presentation 
and then you have to give them affirmation. This is very important to speaking truth to them with love. There, there are two foundations to every great relationship. Confronting in truth and affirming in love. If you want healthy relationships, if you want a healthy marriage, if you want healthy relationships with your kids, you have to confront in truth and affirm in love. You need them both. If you only have one, it's gonna be a struggle. And here's our deal. Sometimes the truth hurts. Jesus said the truth will set you free. But first it might make you really upset. The truth will set you free, but it might really tick you off first. There must be truth, but there must be affirmation and encouragement as well. Another proverb, worry weighs a person down. An encouraging word cheers a person up. An encouraging word. You know, as parents, Amy and I really tried to catch our kids doing good, and, and we're way past this. Our baby's going to be 33 on Wednesday, okay? So we're, we're like way past this. And, and I, I know it's cliche, but we tried to catch our kids doing good because we were on their case a lot. Like strict doesn't even, we don't even fit in the strict category. We're over there somewhere. We were on their case a lot. So we tried to affirm as much as we corrected. And here's what I know, and Eddie alluded to this in one of his messages. You have to say five positive things for every one negative thing. You have to have five affirmations for every one correction. Because we don't, we don't remember the positive stuff. We remember the negative stuff. That's probably a good, a, a good ratio to start with. Five affirmations, one correction. And listen, if you, if you swing to one or the other, there will be repercussions. If it's all affirmation, that's a problem. If it's all correction, that's a problem. Children need to be corrected and affirmed. And listen, you, ha you have to work at both, and parenting is hard work. It's a 24-7 job. You are never off. You don't get any breaks. You can never let your guard down, and your kids need, need both affirmation and correction. And if you're wondering, here's what you should affirm. Affirm that you love and care for them deeply, deeply. Affirm that you pray for them. Affirm that you believe in them and that you're for them. Paul did this continually in his writings. Read through 1 and 2 Corinthians. He begins with affirmation and he ends with affirmation. He starts with, I thank God for you, and he ends with my love to you in Christ Jesus. Truth and affirmation, correction and affirmation. Listen, check your motive. Plan your presentation, give them affirmation, and then risk their rejection. This is a really, really, really tough one for me. Because I want everybody to like me. I don't like confrontation. I don't like rejection. Um, I, I'm an Enneagram 9 with a one wing. And if, you don't, if that doesn't mean anything to you, it's, it's a personality type. This describes my personality type. I want to create harmony in my environment to avoid conflicts and tension, to preserve things as they are, and to resist whatever would upset or disturb them. I don't want to do this. 
This does not come naturally to me. I, I do not want confrontation, and I for sure don't want rejection. And so many times, so many times, I will wait until I'm really upset before I confront, and the conversation will go so wrong, and then I'll say, me in my big mouth. And this is the struggle in parenting. We fear rejection from our kids. Check out Paul. He said, I'm not sorry that I sent that severe letter to you, though I was sorry at first, for I know it was painful to you for a little while. But now I'm glad I sent it, not because it hurt you, but because the pain caused you to repent and change your ways. It was the kind of sorrow God wants his people to have, so you were not harmed by us in any way. He, he knew that it was going to hurt. He knew that they might reject him. Listen, it's scary to speak the truth in love. We, we don't know how they're going to react. They might get mad. They might walk out. They might misjudge your motivation. They might reject you. You don't know. It's scary. And because we don't want to take the risk, we have these shallow and superficial relationships. And, and we just keep sweeping stuff under the rug until the entire thing blows up on us. We must be willing to risk rejection because we love them. We, we must be willing to absorb their initial anger because we love them. And it takes courage. It requires courage that I do not possess on most days. But I know this. Love rejoices when the truth wins out. Growing in our faith journey involves speaking the truth in love. So who do you need to be honest with? Who do you need to have that difficult conversation with? Will you care enough to speak? Will you stop making excuses? Be quick to listen, slow to speak. Seek to understand before you're understood. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only words that build up. And then speak the truth in love. Check your motive, plan your presentation, give them affirmation and risk their rejection. Look to help and not hurt. And get on with it. Listen, if we could apply these truths, our lives would be better and we would be better at life. And our relationships and our communities would be marked by love. And if you're anything like me, you need help with this. So would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we are amazed that you love us so much. That you love us so much that you sent your son Jesus for us. That you risk our rejection to offer a relationship with you. And I pray today, if there's anyone here today who's never taken the step to follow Jesus, I pray that today would be that day. 
And Father, I pray for every one of us. I pray that your Holy Spirit would move into this place today, would move into our hearts today, that you would give us the wisdom and the strength and the courage to have some difficult conversations. And we know, Father, that the depth of our love and the depth of our relationships is completely at stake. And so, God, I pray that with your help, by your spirit, we would approach our conversations with wisdom. That everything would be said in love. That every word would be spoken to build up, to help and not to hurt. And we pray for the help of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure to let us know by connecting with us at MarathonChurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at MarathonChurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thanks for listening to the Marathon Church Podcast.